the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will not be hosting today's program. Instead, Ed Bondarenka will be today's host. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Detroit Lions defeated the Chicago Bears 31-26 this past Sunday. Jameer Gibbs scored on a two-yard touchdown carry, and Jared Goff tossed a seven-yard touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown in the second quarter before the Bears scored 16 unanswered points to seize a 12-point lead with four minutes and 15 seconds remaining in regulation. Goff began the comeback with a 32-yard strike to Jamison Williams in the end zone. David Montgomery tallied another six points with a one-yard run, and Aiden Hutchinson completed the rally when he strip-sacked Justin Fields, which resulted in a Lions safety after the ball rolled out of bounds in the Bears' end zone. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Well, Welcome to Moment of Clarity. Don't get confused. It's not your American heritage, an hour early. And um, no, Bruce Fleury's not here this time. Uh, Pastor Rick, hopefully, will be back next week. And so I thought it might be nice to have a change of pace here. And I'm actually asking another radio host to come in and talk with us today. And that would be Steve Noble. Uh, Steve Noble's a Steve Noble show. Uh, he also he it's called a call to action radio show, and um, I asked him to join us because he's involved in a number of efforts, including um, Noble University, which is a homeschooling support system, and I wanted him to talk about that. And I'm frankly I'm having and hawing here because I'm seeing. No video, nor hearing, no audio. But Steve, you there? Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay, that's good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, as frequently happens on this show, the guests don't show up recently. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't know how good it is to see you. So, as somebody uh, that's uh, hosted a daily radio show since February of 2011, I'm well aware of that pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I... I I ended up overproducing so much, you know, and not using it that I just got lazy and stopped. And then the last couple of weeks, it's shown. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> End of the year, too. That happens during yeah. the holiday season. But it's so, going to be on. Okay. So tell us a bit about yourself first, about, like, where were you raised? How were you raised? What was your background? Uh, we live in Raleigh, North Carolina. We've been here since January of 1997. North Carolina is state number eight for me. So I've lived in uh, eight states and 25 different houses. My father was not in the military. He was actually in communications, uh, started off radio and television really early uh, when my parents got married. My dad was a member of the greatest generation, and he uh, was 14 when Pearl Harbor happened. He was finishing with 
officer training at the end of the war. He was in Germany during the occupation, actually walked into Dachau about six months after the war was over. Uh, and then went to the University of Texas. He actually worked for former president, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson in the TV business. And uh, then D.C. and Louisiana and back to the D.C. area. And he was involved in some other uh, communication type startup companies and how we ended up in Chicago. And then eventually my wife and I uh, lived in Columbus, Ohio, where we both were born again. We became born again Christians in 1984. We were married in 92. I like to tell people we were equally unequally yoked. She grew up in the Catholic faith. I grew up in Protestant churches. Neither one of us knew the gospel. And so we got saved literally within weeks of one another. We moved to uh, Raleigh in January of 97. I was involved in a big student house painting company that was all over the Midwest, did that when I was in college, uh, followed my, in my older brother's footsteps and came out here to start a similar contracting company in 97. And then in 2001, had a very pretty intense personal uh, experience in New York City at Ground Zero. Uh, on November 9th of that year, and that really started to kind of bring me out of my shell and uh, to begin to focus some of my time on people not named Noble. And then 2004, I became a Christian political activist here in Raleigh, and we were engaging local issues, state issues, and then eventually national issues. Radio started in 2007, and then one of the things we'll talk about, what you mentioned, Noble U, uh, was not my idea. God has a way of uh, uh, altering the course of my trajectory uh, without my consent. <laughs> and so <laughs> my wife, uh, my wife uh, had a conversation with another homeschooling mom. We homeschooled for 18 years, our four kids. And uh, they both, because of my political involvement, uh, decided that I should probably teach a civics class. So the first time I taught civics was the fall of 2012. And then just kept growing from there. I uh, got my master's degree in ethics, theology, and culture from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the six Southern Baptist seminaries around the country. Added Christian ethics three years ago. I added U.S. history because it's such a hot button issue. And then uh, this year I added world history. So I currently have eight classes that I teach in person each week here in the Raleigh area. I have all four of those subjects are also online now, which is why we branded and, and created Noble U. So I currently have 235 students that I uh, teach and mentor and disciple and build biblical worldview into each week. And so uh, that that's, that's how we got here. And it's been a wild ride. I've done a lot of political stuff, a lot of Christian activism, a lot of Christian ministries. Uh, from Greg Laurie to Turning Point to David Jeremiah to uh, Family Research Council, I've been very, very involved in a lot of things for a long time. And uh, and radio was also not my idea. <laughs> that was the Eppersons, Big Stu Epperson, a little Stu Epperson. Big Stu Epperson started uh, Salem Broadcasting. He went to be with the Lord earlier this year. And uh, that's how we got here. So I've been a very, very busy, involved person uh, since really about 2004. Wow, well, it's good to be busy. Yep, I know how that is. Uh, the Lord will take you on twists and turns in your life, and uh, sometimes you're just along for the ride. Sometimes <laughs> exactly. you, you may take the wheel, and then, no, oh, that's not where we want to go, sir, and, and you'll find out you're going somewhere else. Right. And uh, it all that's works right. out in the end, as long as uh, we submit ourselves. So... It's interesting having somebody like yourself on Moment of Clarity. I, 
I co-host this show normally, and the show is normally hosted by Pastor Richard Dieterin, and we'll look at uh, typically ethical uh, things of the day that Pastor Rick might pick out or that I might suggest. Yeah. And then I host a show after this called Your American Heritage, which examines our culture, our biblical background, our history, and uh, basically tries to come up with ways of how that we can proceed and and change things and move forward and get this country back on track, uh, change the, the culture. And sounds like that's something you're also involved in, in in your ministry. So I thought your fit here in Moment of Clarity might be the the uh, homes the way you're uh, working with homeschooling right now. I uh, in the 80s, I was attending a church and the uh, pastor. He decided that uh, homeschooling was something that Christian parents should be doing, but weren't equipped for. And so we wanted to get people out of the out of the public schools. And so the medium was to actually start a church school. And man, yeah. that's that's intensive, you know. That's uh, Catholics have it down, right? I went to a Catholic school my first twelve years, and uh, I think I benefited from it. Although, uh, yeah. in you know, I think it eventually led to my uh, turning my heart to Christ eventually. But uh, you know, you learn morals and ethics there. The church I was involved in at the time was uh, doing something called Accelerated Christian Education. I think it was ACE, and so basically it was like homeschooling at church. We had some parents that were overseeing the, the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, uh, I remember at the time there was a real state in this state, and I hear others, there was a real pushback. Parents were facing jail for homeschooling. And the uh, the Department of Education didn't, you know, State Department of Education did not like the competition, did not like children outside of the schools on Headcount Day, which is where they get all their funding, and so it's, it's quite a push on that. Quite a quite a push. Uh, actually, I put my kids back in public school. It was a decent public school. I, I felt at the time. It isn't today. It isn't at all today. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, COVID's been a COVID's been a real blessing. I mean, the homeschool registration website here in North Carolina, North Carolina. Like a lot of states in the southeast, and 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 largely the 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 country uh, has become quite friendly to homeschooling. It's something they can't uh, stop. And in North Carolina, because we have a Republican-led legislature, uh, but even before that, North Carolina was pretty friendly, starting about 25 years ago, to homeschooling. Uh, but with COVID, a lot of people got exposed to what was going on in the public schools that they were completely unaware of, because all of a sudden they had a window into the classroom environment and the curriculum. And so our, our new registration website, as I mentioned, kept crashing in North Carolina that summer of uh, 2020, and, and they were uh, backed up in 2021. And for me, educationally, uh, you know, because I've been down so many roads as a Christian activist and uh, with the emphasis on uh, cultural engagement and now when people, and I've been around a lot of the big organizations that we're all familiar with, but oftentimes people talk about saving America and I'll usually ask a follow-up question and say, hey, does anybody want to talk about seeing Americans saved? Which is why uh, I think it's, it's bottom up, gospel up, uh, which will impact culture. Culture drives politics. And so our politics look a lot like the culture because the culture was given over 
really we stopped engaging as as the church largely not everybody you can't always speak in in broad terms but largely we kind of pulled back and and just took care of ourselves and you see the results of that and so all of my homeschool students just about all of them are coming out of very conservative homes uh conservative theologically conservative politically but their generation is not like that their generation is very different for example uh when i ask the question in all my classes how many of you know somebody personally that's in the lgbtqia plus arena it's usually at least 70 75 percent of them and they do not know because this device i'm holding in my hand to do this interview this iphone uh, they have so much information coming at them they have since they were little they have very little wisdom very little discernment they don't know what to do with it all they're being sold different worldviews and different versions of other people's truth all the time and they lack the ability to handle it they're like uh, like paul was talking about there's a time for milk and then there's a time for meat the world's ramming meat down their throat and they can't hardly process milk as young christians and so when i have them in class and i speak at homeschool conventions in the spring i will be again this spring and I tell them, listen, I've taught over a thousand of our students in the last 11 years. I, uh, unfortunately, I'm not impressed. They have a very weak biblical worldview. Their theology is thin. They're afraid to engage because of the cancel culture. Uh, and they're not ready. So besides teaching them the actual subject matter, again, U.S. history, world history, civics, and Christian ethics, uh, I've also had to deal with biblical worldview, discipleship, and to have a gospel heart when you're responding to the news of the day. So there's a lot going on in my Noble U classes besides just the subject matter, because the needs are much greater than just the subject matter. Yeah, you know, uh, and you, you said something that's uh, very, very uh, um, dear to my heart, and that's the fact that we want to see change. For instance, we want to see abortion ended in, in this country. We want it in our state to start with, you know, and eventually the world. But until people's hearts are changed, there's not going to be, I mean, they're going to vote the way they want to vote, which is self-centered and not focused on, right. you know, uh, their progeny necessarily, and or vote the way that the world tells them to vote, which is mm -hmm. a very, very wicked system. Uh, and so as such, these people uh, need Jesus in their life to inform them of the decisions they should make. So if we want to change right. America, we need to change America from, from the spiritual side headed towards the, uh, the uh, political side. Instead of trying to legislate morality, we need to uh, moralize legislation. Well, I just came up with that. I hope that works. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about it, Oops, I lost and, your audio. I lost you there. Yes, sorry. I'll come back. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Who would imagine that? That never happens on these radio shows. Well, while we're waiting to reconnect, I want to play you an example of the kind of stuff that goes on in the public schools right now. And uh, this is something from Libs of TikTok. And quite frankly, it was one of the cleaner ones that I could find this uh, clip of this. Oh, good. I was just about to play a clip of a teacher in a public school. And, you know, it's like she's talking to her secret friends and only her secret friends. You can find <laughs> this on YouTube. So I, I don't understand the mentality of these people, but this is a sample of what's in our schools. 
I pledge allegiance to the queers. Third period, we have announcements and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you want, don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there, but I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. And um, I packed it away and I don't know where, and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> but my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I gotta find it. Like I'm working on it. I got you. In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? Yeah, she's so proud of herself. Oh, that one? The, the pride flag. That's what she's teaching her kids to pledge allegiance to. Instead of this country pledging it to a, 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 a twisted ideology of gender confusion. It's, it's, it's just sad. And that's what ends up in our in our schools today it's being taught it's kind of a funny story i was looking for a uh, decent school for my uh grandchildren to go to i was working with my son i said let me help you find a school and so i went to this one uh church website that has a, a school in the city he's in and i knew this church was a decent solid church and yet when I saw the picture of the school hallways, they were all decorated with pride flags. Now, it's sad I should say pride flags because they were actually rainbows. And so I left a message for the pastor to call me. And I said, do you realize the signal you're sending here in this online picture of your school? I mean, I, I just want a little reassurance here. He says, oh, my goodness. It never occurred to me with that's all about Noah and God's covenant with man. I said, well, that's my assumption. But anybody else who looks at that is going to see nothing but pride flags yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. yeah, in 2023, that's a level of ignorance that I'm not comfortable with culturally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, and one of the things that I do, and, and this will, I've got a lot of parents that sit in on my classes. And again, like I mentioned, uh, most of my students are coming out of very conservative Christian homes. But I'm, I'm, I warn all my parents. I guarantee you, I will offend you because my first allegiance is not as an American. My first allegiance is as a Christian. And so I, I tell my students, I'm a Christian who, by God's grace, has been born and raised in what I would argue is the greatest country in the history of the world. But my primary allegiance is not to America nor her flag. My primary allegiance is to Christ and Christ alone. And then America comes second. And so you have to filter everything through a biblical lens, which is why I mentioned biblical worldview earlier, because I don't want my students, uh, nor do I want my own children filtering. If, if they're going to be followers of Christ, they don't pick up a red, white, and blue lens first. They need a lens of scripture. And then where those things equate, amen, praise the Lord, I'm thankful for that. But they don't always equate. And so then you have to realize that your ultimate kingdom is a capital K, not a small K. And that's not that's not always accepted in our uh, very conservative Christian circles, who I think some individuals and myself included can stray into idolatry when it comes to this nation. I love America, but I don't worship it. This isn't my my eternal home. Heaven is. 
So I'm also trying to help these students build their correct allegiance uh, first and foremost. If they're going to claim to be Christians, then the uh, priorities should be pretty obvious. Yeah. So you're saying no sacred cows. Exactly. Did you write a book called No Sacred Cows? Yeah, I wrote that uh, No Sacred Cows. Well, that was The Making of a Christian Wacko, which was based on a Vance Havner quote. Uh, Vance Havner, a great revivalist and uh, evangelist. And uh, he said that the church has become so subnormal that when one acts New Testament normal, it appears to people to be abnormal. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, I hope you get in a better cell area quickly. So, um, okay. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, our, our allegiances, you know, it used to be that wasn't a problem. In this country, being a Christian first wasn't looked at as abnormal, but we're getting into a pinch of pinch of incense to Caesar days, you know, where all of a sudden Caesar is seeing Christianity as a threat to his authority. And that's a very scary place to be. But that's exactly what we see, particularly under the Biden regime, that, uh, you know, you religious exemptions are getting harder to come by for uh, a number of purposes, uh, including the clot shot and uh, employment and um, having to genuflect towards genders and keep people happy. If you if you don't, heck, right now in this state, we had just had a Supreme Court ruling. I think it was a Supreme Court ruling. It might have been a, a lower court that basically said that, and I'll have to follow up on that, uh, basically said that you cannot misgender somebody in court, that, that there's a court uh, penalty for misgendering somebody in the midst of a court case. So the only way you can actually get around that in all practicality is to re respond to people either in the third person by their name, you know, right. attorney so-and-so or plaintiff so-and-so. If heaven help you, you should say, he said this or she said that, and then end up in the who's go, you know, with the January 6th protesters. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there in Michigan, um, they have a court case right now where the state passed a law uh, that affects it's a it's a Catholic school that's pushing back that brought the lawsuit. They actually have a Jewish organization and a Muslim organization who are now speaking up on their behalf because the state wants to impose its own version of DEI on the hiring practices of them to hire people that obviously don't or won't subscribe to their statement of faith and biblical worldview, and that's the state. And, and we are a threat to the state because we're a threat to the state's worldview because we present an alternate truth. I would say we present the only truth. They present an alternate truth. And that's one of the challenges for my students as, as I teach these classes every week. We'll come up with because I'm always teaching in a current context. So one of the things that I don't like about the overwhelming majority of curriculum out there, homeschool and otherwise, but especially homeschool curriculum, textbooks and things like that, or even videos online, is almost none of it teaches in a current context. So when October 7th happened and Hamas went on its murderous 9-11 type rampage in Israel, 
we talked about that in every single class that week. I always teach in a current context. You almost never get that. There's there's nice videos out there. They were recorded 10 or 15 years ago by nice Christian women and men in a static environment. But all they're doing through the textbook application. So most of my students, especially the history students, walk in going, why does this stuff even matter to me? Dead people and dates and who cares? Well, after a few weeks, it's not that difficult to show them the news of the day and make it real and make it relevant because it is. But that's something that's sorely lacking in education. Okay. And we're going to pick up this uh, conversation after the break. Derek, it's the music starting. Okay. Come on back, folks. More with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering, on Wham. Ed Bondarenka is filling in for Pastor Rick as the host of today's program. He'll be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings registered their 10th triumph of the season when they defeated the Boston Bruins 5-2 yesterday afternoon. J.T. Comfer and Alex DeBrinkett scored 9 minutes and 48 seconds apart in the opening period. Robbie Fabry lit the lamp in the second half of the middle 20 minutes. Dylan Larkin tallied a power play goal after five minutes and eight seconds elapsed in the third period, and David Perron shot the puck into the empty net in the final two minutes of regulation. Comfer, DeBrinket, Lucas Raymond, and Daniel Sprung each accumulated an assist, while Shane Gostis-Bear recorded a pair of helpers to aid Ville Husso, who stopped 25 shots between the pipes. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host for today's program, Ed Bondarenka. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is Moment of Clarity. And joining me today, if you've been listening, I'll remind you, it's uh, Steve Noble of Noble U School, Noble, Noble University. You know, it's sort of like PragerU, only it's Noble U. And uh, you can find it at Noble U School, that's N-O-B-L-E-U-S-C. H-O-O-L dot com. And he's providing curriculum for homeschooling in the, particularly in the areas of, um, well, I just closed that up. Didn't mean to do that. But uh, civics, um, government, all the stuff that uh, (laughs) the government really doesn't want you to know. They want you to take (laughs) social studies, right? But instead, uh, you should be making sure that your kids are aware of uh, courses like, um, let's see, there we go again, uh, civics, Christian ethics, world history, and U.S. history. You know, before the uh, break, you were talking about your students asking why they should need to know history. Boy, I hope that Santiana quote came up somewhere there. Oh, yeah. Then it's easy to, when you start talking about and most of them will know if I go, you know, if you don't know, you know, the old saying, if you don't know your history, you're what? And they'll all say doomed to repeat it. I said, OK, so like last year. Oh, and by the way, since you mentioned Prager U, you want to know the biggest difference between what I do and what Prager U does? Uh, that would be the, go ahead. That would be that would be the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the biggest difference. That was that was going to be my take, because I'm not sure <laughs> the Jewish guy and I got no problem with with uh, Prager at all. I like him a lot. I'm reading his uh, rational Bible yeah. in Genesis right now. But uh, 
Yeah, exactly. I'm learning a lot, a lot more. Yeah, it's great content. It's just incomplete and it's not salvific. There's no gospel there. So ultimately, uh, you can provide temporal help, but no eternal help. To me, that's a waste of time as a Christian. So, uh, but back to what we were saying. And in, in like oh, wait, last I want to clarify here, something here. Sure, go ahead. Well, I resisted reading his rational Bible because, you know, I'm, I'm not a rational person. You know, I mean, I'm a spiritual person. When you say yeah. rational, it's like the thinking man's Bible. It's like, you know, whole portions of it are going to be cut out. Well, Back to the Enlightenment, right, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, he's focusing on the Torah, which is, of course, his bailiwick, and he's good at it. So I didn't want to read it because I didn't want to be, oh, what's you know, influenced by his yeah. non-Christian ideology. And yet, I'm not running into that. I'm finding a lot of good basic information in there about the book of Genesis that uh, that would have missed elsewhere. But like yeah. you said, he's not a Christian. PragerU has a lot of great stuff. But if you want Christian-informed education, you must look elsewhere. And it looks like your courses actually fill that. Yeah, and the thing that you have, Ed, that, that our high school teenagers don't have is discernment and wisdom. They have almost none of that. So you and I can walk into a Dennis Prager view of the Old Testament and spirituality. I can extract what's true and cast aside what's uh, false. But an average 15-year-old today in America growing up in a conservative Christian home cannot do that. The overwhelming majority of them are simply uh, ill-prepared to do so. And so that's the danger. And why we see, you know, I'm sure you've heard the stats, 50, 60, 70 percent of kids growing up in the church walking away when they uh, head off to college. It's because they're like sheep to the slaughter. They're not prepared intellectually and they're not prepared theologically and they're not prepared from a worldview perspective to handle it. Uh, and, and, and we see the results of that. Well, folks, you know the number, 734-822-1600. If you have a a question or comment for either myself or for Steve, you know, if you want to know what we're talking about in more depth or would like to ask a specific question or have some insight, please feel free to call. Derek's here. He's occasionally looking at the switchboard to see if there are calls when he's not looking at the score. So, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry, Derek. I didn't even know what you there. So, yeah, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, a mutual friend of ours, Bill Federer, during the break, and uh, he brings a certain um, depth to history that I trust your classes do, too. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked at your courses. You have two semesters in U.S. history and two semesters in world history. But boy, to know how we got here and what it means, what I had a, a guy on, he wrote a book called The 1620 Project, and Really good guy, good guy, Dr. Peter Cook. And he wrote it in response to the 1619 Project. Right. And it explains, you know, especially here at Thanksgiving weekend, it explains how the Mayflower Compact influences the United States government. And if you went to public school, you wouldn't hear that. You'd hear about Jamestown and you'd hear about slavery, but you wouldn't hear about the, uh, the pilgrims that came across to uh, you know, to the uh, Plymouth Rock and set up uh, the, the Mayflower Colony with the Mayflower Compact and how they were actually 
they were actually anti-slavery. They were uh, abolitionists, and they were they were very much committed Christians, and they weren't a bunch of staid theocrats either. So there's that kind of stuff that you're missing, if and your kids will miss it too, or your grandkids. Right, yeah, yeah. That's why with my students, I always uh, remind them that I'm I'm trying to help them learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. So that you can, as a Christian, there are things that you should look at, uh, whether we're talking about our own American history, looking at world history, looking at the formation of our form of government and its operation, which is what we do over the course of two semesters in civics. And there's certain things and aspects of our history and these topics where they demand uh, a strong uh, rebuke from scripture and things that you should lament over. The Bible tells us that we should weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. But at the same time, there's other things going on that you go, that's absolutely amazing. Glory to God. Isn't that inspiring? What do you think of that? And, and these two things can be true at the same time. You know, our, our ledger as a nation is like yours and mine. It's mixed. There's things about Steve Noble that I wouldn't mind talking about on the air and there's other things about Steve Noble that I would never want to be aired publicly because that's just sin. Well, the same thing's true of America. And so you, you can deal with our problems while exhorting people to appreciate and applaud uh, the amazing things about this country. And, and that's just the deal. That's true of a nation. It's true of us. But with students, like even now with Israel and Hamas, what's going on in Ukraine last year when Russia invaded Ukraine, with my U.S. history students, because it happened in February, and we were, had already gone past World War One, I'm like, "Does anything about this that seems familiar to you guys?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, it seems like we're on the exact same course." All right, so what's the challenge? Well, at what point do we decide uh, what's it going to take for for an American president to put troops on the ground? Because FDR told everybody, "I'm not sending any of your boys into a foreign war in 1940." And in 1941, it all changed. And so you guys don't operate out of fear. You haven't been given that spirit, but love, power, and a sound mind. So I'm not telling you you can see the future, but you can read the tea leaves and you can see what's happening and you can, you can pray appropriately, you can vote appropriately, you can respond and converse appropriately as somebody that's in possession of the truth, which is your job. You're an ambassador. If you are indeed a Christian, you're an ambassador of Christ. And the, and the world needs you out there engaging, not hiding because you're worried about cancel culture and or you just don't know what you're talking about. Once you get educated, properly educated, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you love God, you love your neighbor, you're dangerous and he'll use you from a kingdom perspective. And I've got unending stories in my own life in the last 20 years that bear that out. Yeah. You know, it's funny you brought up Ukraine and uh World War One, World War Two, and we see how World War One got started. You know, some small uh, now Ukraine is not that small, but some small incident takes place in Europe, and all of a sudden, all the major powers are in a world war over it. And yeah. do you think we'd learn that lesson? Like, hey, that's Russia and Ukraine, and they're not coming here yet. So why don't we let that go? This is not. Uh, this is not Germany taking over Poland. It's not the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll ask them, you know, let's look at the sinking of the Lusitania and then let's look at the American merchant vessels 
that are being sunk by U-boats. And then at what point do you think it would be right for an American president to commit to troops? And then I'll tell them, all right, let's say it's a carnival cruise ship and it's 90% of Americans and China sinks it. They sink a carnival cruise ship that they know is full of Americans. If you're the president, are you going to war? And at that point, most of them have their hands up. They're like, and, and, and what would be the danger if you don't? Well, you project weakness and then things are only going to get worse. Okay, good. Now you're thinking and you can use that in a current context. I mean, it can happen. I mean, I'm, I'm always encouraged Ed, by what I see happen over the course of two semesters as these young minds and young Christians, most of them, start waking up to reality and the, uh, the correlation between biblical truth and what you see in the world, because biblical truth is truth. And all of a sudden, I tell him, you know, you might have seen the movie uh, with Nicolas Cage when he steals the Declaration of Independence, National Treasure. Yeah, National Treasure. And most of them have seen that movie. And I'll go, you remember when he finds the glasses at uh, Constitution Hall in Philadelphia and he puts the glasses on and then all of a sudden he can see the map on the back of the Declaration. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that was great. But exactly. That's exactly what you get when you develop a biblical worldview. It allows you to see the truth. And what's happening around you without it you're flying blind and your life probably looks like it i mean we have a lot of fun in my classes and i'm all over the map because your teacher is a talk radio show host but it gets it gets intense fast and they get challenged a lot it's not it's fun but it's uncomfortable but it's serious these are serious times these students are in serious trouble and they need serious instruction and discipleship and which is what i'm all about that's why noble youth school exists. Well, those glasses that you spoke of, they're quite the analogy for what's going on today, because we need to see, we need to have spiritual vision. Excuse me a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we are not fighting a political battle. We are fighting a spiritual battle. This is every bit of Lord of the Rings where there's this big supernatural thing going on. You know, right. and and it's just reflecting on, you know, in the physical world, we have this clash of this, this spiritual entity called Satan. And I'm I'm just impressed at how many people, how many secular people are coming to that point of view. Their noses have been rubbed in it. Tucker Carlson in the last, I think, year is an amazing yeah. example. Jordan Peterson. All these people that everybody's lionizing and saying, hey, these guys are, are great. They're allies. You know what? They just entered the battle. They just had their eyes open. And, That's right. you know, uh, J, uh, JP, um, oh, my goodness, JP Sears, I think his name is, the comedian. Amazing. I watched him a couple years ago. Funny stuff. He's got almost like a Buddha-like uh, uh, a Buddhist-like mentality. It's kind of spiritual. And then about six months so six months ago, all of a sudden, it's like, why I'm a Christian, you know? <laughs> and it's yeah. not there yet, but people are starting to see it. There's this battle going on. It's for the soul of this country. It's for the soul of the individuals in this country. And man, if you don't get on, if you don't put on the full armor of God and stand, then you are almost powerless against the forces that are coming against you 
and their pawns, which are basically the Biden regime in this case. You know, I mean, really, when you look at what's going on in, in Washington, D.C., where the hiring is based on genders and pronouns as right. opposed to skills and abilities, what else besides dementia does that? Well, just a spiritual uh, yeah. wickedness in high places. And we well, battle not. Let me, not. Let me share ahead. a story that I hope you'll find encouraging. Please. In 2005, when I, uh, we, we started Call to Action in 2004, that was our 501c3, 501c4 grassroots Christian political organization. In 2005, because we were messing with the city and the state, all kinds of legal issues, the school system. I got uh, connected with, well, it was Alliance uh, Defense Fund back then, Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF. And the main uh, attorney in my part of the country was a young hotshot attorney that they were grooming to take over ADF one day. His name was Mike Johnson. And then Mike Johnson and I become friends. He knows all our kids. Uh, He helped me with numerous situations so that I would have the legal backing and knowledge and truth to engage the school system, the city council, whatever it was. Say that name Uh, again. again. Mike Johnson. Okay, thank you. I want to make sure people are paying attention. Yeah, and so, uh, and then he he was doing that, then he helped start law school, and then his representative in Louisiana died. Mike got into a special runoff. Mike and I have done radio a lot over the years. And Mike Johnson, as you know, just recently became the Speaker of the House, arguably the second most powerful person in the federal government. And uh, now it's early. He's in for a tough road. But you have a guy that he was on with uh, Sean Hannity within a couple of days of being elected. And Sean Hannity, like most people, uh, is like, you know, who is Mike Johnson? Who is this guy? And Mike flat out said, you want to know who I am? Pick up the Bible and read it because that's my worldview. And he's been eviscerated over that ever since. But the thing about Mike Johnson, which I'm trying to teach my own students, is he's got this very interesting when he got elected, he gave his speech there in the well of the House of Representatives. And, and, and most of the people, even though they diametrically opposed to him, the Democrats are, most of them like him. And nobody knew who he was. He's like a little David. Nobody would have suspected David to go get all the studly brothers. No, get rid of them. Uh, But God will put people in certain places at certain times. I tell my students this. uh, And I'm like, listen, Mike Johnson's got a very visible thing, but you you have a sphere of influence too. You have a calling on your life. And you can be that important, that effective in your sphere. I'm not telling you to pursue being Mike Johnson or be Steve Noble or be Ed. God didn't create you to be me. But you can have an impactful life. Loving the Lord and loving your neighbor, but if you don't, if you don't start your worldview, and if you don't engage, you're you're wasting it. You're settling for a whole lot less than what the Lord wants to give you. And so I want them to be excited about their future and the fact that they can have an impact on this nation and their neighbor alike. But they have to be led there. They have to be discipled. They're not getting it. Well, you know, one, I'm really. Uh, I never knew Mike Johnson would come up in this broadcast when we first started talking. And I'm totally pleased that you gave this endorsement of him. One thing I've been trying to point out to people as I talk to him, and I've mentioned it on there a few times, is, hey, Mike Johnson, oh, he let you down. Or he shouldn't have said something about his wife on her knees praying. 
or he shouldn't have said something about <laughs> biblical worldview because that just gives that just gives the enemy ammunition. And I'm thinking, no, what that did was that gave me an impression of who he is and what he's willing to say. Now we've had snakes come out before and say, I'm sure. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and totally let us down. I'm thinking of John K. I'm not calling John Kasich a snake, but boy, talk about being let down after hearing a phenomenal testimony my Phil, friend uh, Bill Bennett's show you know it's just like wow yeah yeah and then total letdown Mike Pence let us down too you know I'm, I don't know if that speaks to his Christianity or not I don't think so but the thing is when somebody who comes in to power like Mike Johnson did and he's not been milking Congress for money you can see it he's like uh, number 480 in the ranks of wealth in, yeah, in the yeah, Congress. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a guy who looks like he has a little bit of honor and integrity to me. Look in your wallet, look in your checkbook, and you'll learn who somebody is. So yeah. I'm glad you brought this. We just need to cut him some slack. I know that, oh, he gave us the CR. We have another continuing resolution. And people talk like that's an end-all, be-all. But that's actually going to run out in a couple months, and then the real work can be done. Let that guy get his feet underneath right. him. Yeah, he's got to have some patience, especially for a brother. Goodness gracious. Yeah, well, I don't think, I think when it comes to Congress, not everybody can recognize that somebody's a brother, you know, because you you just expect yeah, a false flag sure. at this point anymore. Yeah, so using it to get elected. But, oh, yeah, teaching history is is so important. It's 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 fundamental. It's, uh, I've pointed out before that, uh, oh, this show on, um, uh, Prime, the man in the high castle. The, the yeah. Germans come over, they conquer, conquer America, and uh, then they realize, oh, you know why we have so much rebellion and resistance to our plans? They're still teaching American history. So they start tearing down statues, start burning books, start <laughs> repopulating the teacher corps. And it's like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a copyright or a trademark violation to me. The story's already out there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, oh, oh, I think we have like uh, two or three minutes. How about I give you uh, a little bit of time to talk here? I'm losing my voice, it seems. That's scary. No, it's fine. I mean, I would just invite anybody, parents or grandparents of students in 8th to 12th grade or, or moving in that direction, uh, get a hold of me. I mean, you can go to the website, nobleuseschool.com. An easier way is just text the word truth to 66866. So you're going to send a text. You're going to send it to 66866. And the only word you need to put in there is truth, which hopefully you know how to spell. And I'll, <laughs> I'll, send, you, I'll send you a couple of my recent classes and you can look for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I'm an 18 year homeschool father. I do not find this kind of teaching, and I know this sounds arrogant and self-serving. I don't mean it to be. I do not find this kind of teaching out there very often at all. Uh, we need more mature Christian men leading these classes, and it needs to be engaging. The topics are important. They're relevant. We're talking about them all over the place. They're being misconstrued throughout the, the, the uh, educational system. The homeschools program is awesome. It's not an end-all, be-all. It does not guarantee you a student that has a strong biblical worldview and understands history and the application of it. Uh, but check it out for yourself. I, I, I really am serious about this. Actually, December 22nd, 
will be my last live radio show since I started in 2007 because I'm going to dedicate the rest of the life God gives me to reaching these students. And I, and I, I need to use all my time and all my energy to teach them rather than talking to our own crowd. And so this is, yeah. this is a mission for me. I'm very serious. I'm good at what I do. And I see God working in these classrooms, helping these students to mature to a point they weren't going to get to otherwise. So just check it out yourself and reach out and we'll have a we'll have a conversation. NobleUschool.com or just text the word truth to 66866 and that'll start the conversation. All right. All right. Well, well, we had a caller, but we're not going to have time to take Joe's call uh, because uh, we basically have 30 seconds left till the music starts. And I really appreciate you, brother, coming on the show. We're going to have you back on uh, Your American Heritage at some point. And uh, investing in youth is where it's at. That's how we're going to reclaim this country. Amen. Thanks for joining us. All right, folks, stay tuned for Your American Heritage. God bless America and America bless God. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 